0: Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he awesome? Woo. Man, I'll tell you what, if you didn't feel like you worshiped the Lord today, then um, sorry. <laughs> he is so good. He's awesome, man. I'm like, oh, can't hardly contain myself. <sighs> Not that he's asking us to. I'm glad. He's so good. Thank you for being with us here in person and those of you that join us online. I want to share something with you here as uh, we get started know that there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world around us but our God reigns he is God and he is alone upon the throne and he's not intimidated nor is he messed up by anything that's going on in the world everybody wants to be a prophet or fortune teller or future teller and all these kinds of things the world wants to do and they're trying to tell us everything that's coming against us you know um, there's stuff coming. I mean, I'm not denying that, but everybody wants to be the one to report the the next big thing that's happening, right? And so Kim and I, were having coffee. We do in the mornings. Like I go to the coffee shop, I have a coffee, then I come home and have coffee with my wife. Yes, I like coffee. Um, but it's just a time to be together. I do the coffee shop thing to reach out to people. I do that for our relationship and just to be together. So I'm telling you that because we were sitting there talking the other day and she said to me, um you know, this person says Russia is going to bomb the United States, like our place here, you know, Uh, our country, uh, you know that, I meant like the bombs were going to come against us, and so, you know, she wasn't like scared or worried or anything, she just said, so if that happened, what would you do? I said, well, I'd get up in the morning, make my coffee, (laughs) and I'd go to the Lord and say, God, what do you want to say to us today? And as I prepared my heart for this service as that if that took place I knew there would be more people than we'd ever have before in church if that had happened Right, seriously When things are like crazy in the world we run to god we don't like just Say hey god, you know, thanks for today. I'm gonna go do something. You know, thanks for being there No, we seek him when we're in a serious issue. We seek him And so I know that if anything happened, we would be seeking him. Not us that are here, you're already here. I'm talking about people that don't normally make him a priority in their lives, would all of a sudden see that he needs to be, all of a sudden. So I would be, in this sense, I want you to hear this correctly, excited about what God was doing in the midst of all that, not about what was happening. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I want you to know church see there's been garbage going on in this world since sin entered the world and there's all kinds of evil that are at work and trying to destroy all of humanity everything that god made good the enemy's trying to destroy that's what he's all about and so as we see the headlines of you know rising inflation war the things that are happening the real issues of when we go and pump our gas and we're seeing that right in our face and we're not happy about it and all that stuff I want you to know that there's been a a war raging beyond the physical world that we do do see that has been going on. And God's word tells us as Christians, there is a battle raging, not only in the seen world, but the unseen world. So we as Christians should always be in tune and understand something's going down all the time. There has been a battle raging against humanity since we were created. Because, see, we were made in the likeness and the image of God. And the enemy did not like that. He wanted to destroy everything that was of God, for he desires to be God. So hear me, church. There's been an onslaught against unborn children in our nation and in the world. Abortion happens all the time, and we, like, kind of got into the place where we don't even think about it. I will tell you that, you know, I'm grateful for everyone that is trying to bring that awareness back into the side of the church because even in the church we've kind of like it's it's just we've accepted the evil of the world I'm not saying we've accepted abortion don't misunderstand me and if you've had an abortion I want you to know God loves you he is the healing and forgiving God and it's not like some unforgivable sin he loves you please don't let the enemy beat you with shame and guilt and all that stuff that he does God loves you But church, at the same time, see, this evil's been ongoing since the 70s, and it's been nonstop in our nation since that time. And so as we grow callous to—I hope you hear me right when I say I'm not being judgmental. I want us to think about this. See, there's things that are happening that we just become used to, and we don't see it for what it is. What we're looking at right now is something new. A war is broken out between Russia and Ukraine. We know there's other things going on and all those things that we're being told is affecting us. And so we sit there and we're like, you know, watching and paying attention and more attentive than we've been. But we as Christians should always be attentive to what is happening and what God is doing in the midst of all the chaos of the world. God still is God, church, no matter what. If the bombs drop in the United States of America, God's still God. Jesus still is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and He is the Savior of the world. We are called to serve Him regardless. None of that matters. I, I mean, it matters to us, absolutely. I'm saying, put up the shields, God, you know. I mean, I mean for real. But I'm saying, is this doesn't change who He is? It doesn't mean like God's got to rewrite the future. God has a plan god is god and he is god alone and he is working in spite of what we don't see or don't understand or the chaos that's happening in the world around us last week we spoke about prayer and coming to god and the apostle paul when he came to the lord and said i got this thorn in my side can you get it out of here because i can't end it i can't stop it and god's like my grace is all you need dude deal with it now that's the my translation, it's not Greek or anything. I just want you to hear me. Like, I'm just giving a paraphrase. It's not the word for word. But we do know this, that, that the Apostle Paul came three times, and God's answer was the same every time. Nope, my, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. So I want to clarify something for those of us that are here today. If you were here last week, and maybe um, you misapplied what I was saying, just to help us, right? So here's the thing I want us to make sure that we hear and understand. Um, It's not that we should only ask God three times about something What it is is if God's already given us the answer three times we probably need to accept it Okay, if he hasn't answered yet keep on asking No problem there keep asking God until he answers but Make sure you're willing to hear his answer Because if all we're doing is listening for our answer you may have already missed his answer So listen because God is speaking and God is answering our prayers But sometimes God's answering according to God's plan and not my plan Actually, let me reverse that and say this God is always answering my prayers according to his plan not my plan And thank you jesus for that Yeah We got to make sure that we're listening to him and know what he's saying So we need to listen for what he is saying and not just what I want to hear When you say to a child, clean your room, they don't always hear you. If you say, hey, I got ice cream, they're at your feet, (laughs) right? See, it's what they want to hear. There's a difference. So what God is saying to us today, maybe clean your room. And maybe we don't want to because we want ice cream, Look, God knows what he's doing and he knows what we need and he has a purpose and a plan for everything that he does. So what we need to do is adjust how we pray and what we're praying and the way that God wants us to pray. So when we look at this, there's no way, I'm gonna repeat this at the end just because I wanna make sure everybody understands this. Um, There's no way in this message we're gonna touch everything about prayer, okay? I'm not crazy and I know you don't wanna be here that long so we're not going to even try and cover the whole idea of prayer but it's important for us to understand what this relationship with God is all about and what God wants to do in and through us in prayer so when the apostles were with Jesus and they watched him they saw him pray now they had known prayer prayer has been a part of god's people from the very beginning right i mean seth in the garden you know like after adam and eve get kicked out of the garden they had a son named seth and it says humans began to call on the name of the lord so the prayer started way back when so i just want you to hear this prayer's always been a part of humanity but something was different about jesus prayer than the prayers the apostles themselves had seen heard and experienced in their lives Because when they came to Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. We want what you got. See, what Jesus had was a relationship with the Father. And it was absolutely seen even in his prayer life. Okay? So, Jesus not only tells the disciples how to pray, but he also told everybody in the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the chapters, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7 is the full Sermon on the Mount. So if you look, though, in chapter 6, he does spell something out about prayer that we can all learn something from, and we need to. So what we begin with in this uh, reciting of this prayer that Jesus says, um, when you pray, this is the words of Jesus now, and he is beginning to teach about prayer itself. In Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, when you pray, Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, it's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask. Now we're going to continue in the message in the verses there, but we got to pause for a second because it's interesting that as Jesus begins to teach on prayer, he starts off with some do's and don'ts. So we need to assess our own prayer life and see what he says to us because he's like, look, the, the prayer is not a public show. Now, Jesus isn't saying don't ever pray in public. He is making a point here. And we know, like I said, we're not covering all aspects of prayer. There's a place for public prayer, but it's absolutely done in humility, not in a place of showing myself as spiritual. There's a difference between me coming to the Father and saying, God. I'm here and everybody sees me And I am showing them How spiritual I am Because you and I got this relationship You Remember the Pharisees prayer Jesus talked about it You know when he stood up And he said hey God thank you I'm not like that sinner over there I pay my tithe I do this I am I am I'm this I'm that And he's Jesus like don't do that Because that's all you're ever going to get Is people looking at you thinking you're spiritual God knows you're not so here's what he tells him he says hey when you have these personal prayer times go in your closet man go by yourself god knows i hope you have a place and it doesn't have to be a physical closet what he's talking about is a place alone a personal time where you can be with god you know we used to ask you weekly accountability questions and i have not for months i reminded you of one of the biblical ones and now i'm going to remind you of a prayer one well when is the last time you went to be alone with god with no agenda like to be with God in private, just to have that relationship time. Now, I talked about having coffee. See, like Kim and I have been married for, uh, I almost said a long time, uh, a while now, and uh, it's a good thing. And so as you have that relationship, you know each other, right? I mean, you know, you know. You should know, and I do. I know her. I don't know everything. I'm not going to say that to you. She doesn't know everything, but we know each other. But we still have that coffee together in the mornings to just be together, to to talk to each other, to be together. And, And sometimes we talk about things we already both know, but we still talk about it. So here's the thing that as we look at this, what God's asking us to do is come into this relationship with him where it's so personal that we get to know each other and we know. Because remember, Jesus said he already knows. God knows everything. He's not like, you know, oh, that's what you want? (laughs) He already knows what we want. But he still wants the conversation. He wants the relationship that comes from the conversation, from the listening, to be with him. Okay, church, so let's do this. He says, so go to him in a personal way. Don't just say a bunch of words and don't just say them repetitively. I, I... I think it's crazy to me that Some of us even in the church have been taught To say repetitive prayers Say the same words over and over again Jesus says don't do this And and then we are doing it I'm sorry Uh, Please forgive some of the church leaders that are wrong That they would teach us To keep saying the same thing to God As if Like if I say the magic words He'll do something so it's not like God saying, please read my script and then I respond. That's not, it, Jesus says, that's, it's not the way it works. See, God's looking at our heart. That's where God always starts is in our heart. That's why he said, I see that person that's making a public croc- proclamation of prayer and what their true heart is. Their heart is to show off their spiritual to the world. And he's like, they're not, and I know and they're getting nothing. So what God is telling us, even in our worship, he's like, come to me, come, open up your heart, be with me. So it's not a matter of how many words we use or how many times we use those words. I'm not making fun of people. Um, I'm really not. So I had to think, am I doing that? No, I'm really not. But I've been places where I heard somebody praying, and I mean they were just talking to somebody, but then they pray and their voice changes and they start speaking in King James English. And I'm like, like, uh, you know, I mean this, I mean, I do mean this respectfully. God doesn't just hear King James English, you know what I mean? He hears me and you talking, and he wants to have a conversation with us. We're not impressing him. Like, you can pray verses? We should, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you don't have to pray verses like, hey God, I'm gonna use your words against you. (laughs) Here's what you say, and so God, I'm saying, and I'm gonna read these verses, because this is who you know, and I'm not saying don't pray verses. I'm saying, God's always looking at our heart, guys, always. And he knows us. So you're not gonna impress him no matter what you do. This morning in our worship, We have an amazing worship team. We really do. We are super blessed. And I mean that. I'm not just saying that because, you know, we are. But I mean, God's not like telling all the angels in heaven, like, whoa, wait a minute. They're about to start worshiping at CFF. I need to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that is no disrespect to them because we are blessed. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, God's not like, whoa, they just blow me away every Sunday. (laughs) i mean he's, he's he's looking at the heart man and we could have the best worship team in the world but if the heart's not there god's not even in it he's not participating he's not watching he's not there he's like well that's all they're getting is a few like that right i mean so we're looking at what god says to us here so we recognize that prayer my talking with god is really my heart being open to him and being who i am being transparent because he already knows. So, you know, like you can't cloak your prayers and spirituality when you really want something different. <laughs> it's kind of like we're just going to slide this in there. You know how like our government, they write up these bills and they slide a few things in there. It's like, you know, we come to God and we're talking about, yeah, man, have your way, do all this stuff and I'd really like a new motorcycle. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, I heard all that. And that all right it's not like we're doing anything like to slip it in or he's going to move for us so just pause for a second god's not also not like impressed because we have a long prayer time with him because i've read a lot of books on prayer uh you know i i this is one of the struggles i've had i had early in my christian life was my prayer life you know i i didn't know what it meant I read books, and all the spiritual people on prayer, they talk about getting up like at three in the morning, and they're spending like three hours with God and starting their day, and you know, all that stuff, and so like I set my alarm for three in the morning, and I'm walking out there, and I'm like, oh dear God, I need you, you know, like, (laughs) and and by two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like, Lord, where are you? (laughs) So, you know, it's like I was trying to do what I was thinking I needed to do to be with God and to be what he wanted me to be. Now, god understands our flesh you know what i mean like i was young in my walk with him and i didn't know how to pray i really didn't um i had been taught to fold my hands you know and close your eyes and pray like that and so i would do that stuff too I didn't realize that was just my mom trying to keep me from you know hitting somebody or doing something else I thought that was the way you were supposed to do it you know so I would try doing that and I would talk to God and I'd be like man that's everything I got in me Lord and I would look at the clock and I was like wow that was two minutes and 45 seconds you are so spiritual man and I would feel this guilt and shame like Lord what is wrong with me why is it that I can't like how come i'm not like those guys that are like spending hours with you and i'm like i've already got 10 things on the list to do in my head while i'm talking to you about these things i need you to do and i'm feeling all this guilt and shame and frustration because my prayer is just like i'm i'm not a very spiritual person that's what i would walk away from prayer time i'd walk away from prayer time feeling guilty and shameful and like i i just don't get it and i don't measure up and so I look at this now, and through the years, God has taught me so many things. Man, I, was, I can't tell you, church, how like, liberating it was for me to be able to get up and walk around and talk to God with my eyes open. <sighs> that was like the craziest thing. You mean I can just walk and talk with you like this, and you're okay with that? Yeah, he was okay with it. I'm not saying that's the only way I pray to him, but I tell you what, we have amazing conversations when I'm just walking with him. I meet with God. I've told you way too many times already. When I'm picking up the horse poops in the pen, I have amazing time with God. When I'm doing that, why? Because it doesn't require any brain power at all. It's like, there it is. Pick it up. Put it in the bucket. (laughs) So, So that way my whole physical body is preoccupied with something to do. So I keep moving. So no longer is my body a distraction to me. Now my mind is with the Lord. It's so amazing. I love it he's so good man oh he's just so okay i'm trying to make a point here and way overboard let's do this i looked in the scriptures as god was speaking to me about prayer and i was seeking him to know him and i began to look at prayers in the bible those that are actually written out for us the longest prayer recorded in the bible is nehemiah chapter 9 verses 5 through 38 so that is the longest word-for-word prayer written out in the bible i really 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 want you to read that later you will be blessed and just blown away when you read that because when you read that that prayer you're going to see how closely it follows the outline of what we call the lord's prayer and this was way before jesus ever said anything it's so cool but read it church it's it is, just blows you away okay but here's the thing what I did was, I'm like, I was doing a search, you know, what's the longest prayer in the Bible? So it says this one recorded. So I go there and I read it. You know how long it took me to read that prayer? Five minutes and fifteen seconds. That's the longest recorded prayer in the Bible. Five minutes and fifteen seconds. I'm like, woo! Thank you, Lord. I am not a pagan heathen. I'm not. I mean, you heard this guy, man. That was an amazing prayer. and only took five minutes. So cool. You know what the second longest one? It's King Solomon and his dedicatory prayer to God in the town. It's just absolutely beautiful. Another amazing prayer you should read. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 23 through 53, but it's not five minutes long, even. Beautiful prayer, and God answers amazingly. At the end of Solomon's prayer, the Spirit of God fell in the temple where the priests couldn't even go inside and do their work because the presence of God was so heavy. Not even five minutes. Do you remember when the prophet prayed for fire to come down? He didn't sit there and like, hey guys, I need 40 days of prayer and fasting. I'll be right back. Not at all. He was like, hey God, you know, there it goes. Fire, man. We're talking about fire from heaven. So the longest prayer that we have of Jesus recorded in the Bible John chapter 17 verses 1 through 26 It's called the high priestly prayer Look at it Read it later Look at how it follows this thing that Jesus teaches us how to pray and that that we call the Lord's prayer Some beautiful things as we look in God's word But what we see here is that it's really not about how much time I talk to God I'm not like scoring points when I pass the one minute, two minute, or one hour point. God's like, wow, Dave, you're really spiritual. You've been talking to me for an hour. He's probably saying, would you please shut up? I'm trying to say something to you. (laughs) Okay, so in all fairness, though, I want you to hear this. Like, I'm talking about recorded prayers in scripture, but if you follow the gospels, you know that Jesus did spend all night in prayer at times. He did but we're not told anything about that time with God except that he was there. So I look at that and I'm saying, that's one of the reasons I asked that accountability question. What, when is the last time you took that time alone with God with no agenda? So it's coming to God for his agenda, his purpose, his plan. What is it you want to say to me? And so there are times where maybe God wants you to stay up all night with him. Okay, maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying this is the reason, but maybe that's why you woke up at two o'clock last night. Maybe it wasn't the chocolate, the coffee or anything else. Maybe, just maybe, it was God saying, hey, I want to be with you. So the next time you wake up in the middle of the night, that's probably where you should start. Hey God, you want to say something? I'm listening. (laughs) Okay, so here it is. As we look at this thing Called prayer we're going to read these verses that is called the Lord's Prayer and I want us to hear what it says because when we begin to read this in verse number nine of chapter six you'll notice that it says this and in whatever translation you read I mean you can read any of the translations of the Bible and you're going to see these same words in some form Jesus never said pray this prayer never said that and yet oftentimes we pray the Lord's Prayer And we in the church teach people to pray the Lord's Prayer. And I'm not telling you don't pray the Lord's Prayer. Just hear what I'm saying and what Jesus said to us. He said, pray like this. So he's giving us a model or a outline or a coming before the Father idea, right? Like, here's the way you got to come to God. So let's see what he says. He says that to us right here now pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So this is the opening of the prayer, right? Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So the very first thing Jesus wants us to recognize is who it is we're talking to. That we're not just like flinging something out there into space. He's like, Father in heaven, I recognize that you are God above all may your name be kept holy oh lord don't let me speak say ask do anything that would bring your holy name through the mud father in heaven may your name be kept holy know who you're talking to not the man upstairs not my I don't mean this disrespectfully y'all but not my higher power it's God He is God. And Jesus says, you need to know who it is you're talking to and not just fling stuff out there. We need to recognize him. God is. The very first thing Jesus says then, he says, no, know who it is we're addressing. Now then, may your kingdom come soon. (laughs) You see what Jesus starts right here? He's like, I know you're God. I know you are who you are. That you are holy and I want to make sure everything that happens is about you and your plan. It's all about his kingdom, church. It's not about ours. Not about ours. It's not about here and now. It's not about this moment. It's not about these United States. It's not about this current problem. Jesus says, hey, it's you that I'm talking to and all we want is for your kingdom to come. It's something beyond all of this stuff therefore when we talk to god we're looking for his kingdom not our plans he goes on may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven you know how it's done in heaven god says it it happens so jesus is like let that be the same here whatever your will is do you see how now he's telling us pray like this So as we're coming to God, we're recognizing who he is, that he's got a kingdom and that's what it's all about. And now whatever your will is, that's the way we want it. So every one of our prayers are surrendered to God, God's kingdom and God's will, every one of them. So it's all about what God's all about, not what I'm all about. (laughs) So God's will above my will, God's will above our will, god's will above everything else church that's the way we come to god in prayer and now jesus opens the door for you and i now that we've recognized god the kingdom plan the will of god in all things he says here now you can ask for stuff give us today the food we need (laughs) there you go you know um I want you to know this, and it's okay, and we'll see this in a little while that it is okay. But I ask for God a lot more, for a lot more than just the food I need today. I mean, I got a whole list of stuff for Him to do, provide, and all that stuff. I really do, you know, and I'm asking Him for it. But as Jesus is teaching us this model for prayer, He's like, Pray like this. He's like, Give us today the food we need. We're trying to bring things back into perspective when we're talking to who God is, about His kingdom his will and it's like "Mm, yeah you know what really a lot of the stuff on my list is pretty irrelevant recognize that everything that we have church and everything that we need will come from god period we go on reading and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us So please, as we look at that statement, let's recognize that this is past tense, right? Present tense, God forgive me. Past tense, the way I've forgiven others. Right? You you get the thought there? He's like, you're coming to God here. He knows you. He knows who's on your list. He knows how you've forgiven them. And therefore, he's like, You're asking God to forgive you the same way you have everybody else. Are you comfortable asking God to forgive you the way you've forgiven everybody else? Because he says that's the way you're coming to him. So right here, you know, we probably need a moment of repentance. Seriously. Like, if there's anybody on this list that's being held by you, us, to this standard like we're not forgiving them if that's there Jesus is like hey you know when you come to the father that and you're like forgive me he's like okay I'm forgiving you this much just like you did them pretty serious stuff right there it's a calling to us about being who we really are in the presence of who he really is and about what he really knows so we're going to get it the way we receive it or we're going to receive it the way we give it Let's go on in the prayer because we're going to run out of time. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lord, there's a whole world of darkness out there. And I know this is Jesus telling us about prayer, right? I'm going out there, and the enemy's going to try and get me off course, try and get me to go back into sin, going back into what the enemy has taken and wants to destroy me with. He's like, So, Lord, I need you to make me strong, to resist that garbage that's out there and keep me from that one that's pursuing me relentlessly. Man, we're going to face it today. You know that, right? Some of us have probably been tempted even here in church. Isn't that crazy? And it's like, oh Lord, I need you to keep me from the evil one. That temptation that is always pursuing me and trying me to get to go down the wrong path and not be who you've called me to be. Man, he wants to take us off path, and Jesus is saying, Lord, keep me focused on my victorious life that you have purchased for me. God, it's all about you. So as we look at the prayer that Jesus gives us as a model, pray like this, he is saying to us, first of all, it starts with God knowing who he is. It's all about his kingdom, and it's all about his will. Once we put things in that perspective, we have the proper understanding of our Uh, prayer time or time to talk to God with. So we're going to pause, do a little time out for a pre-action step. We're not done, so don't like pick up your stuff and get ready to go to lunch. Ready? Why are we asking what we are asking? As you're talking to God, why are you asking for what you're asking? Think about it. What is the purpose in it? What is it if God does it? Do you you know how blessed we are that God doesn't answer our prayers the way we ask Him? I literally would not be on this platform right here in Tucson, Arizona right now if God answered my prayers. I begged Him not to make me come here. Some of you know that. You've heard me say it a lot of times. Some of you don't know. I begged Him when we came here as a family to candidate at this church in this city I was like dear God get me out of here (laughs) please you're not saying here no you're not saying I know you're not saying here and God let me keep on rambling until I said not my will but yours be done and when I surrendered to him the yes then it was like thank you Jesus see I look back on that and I'm like wow that's crazy what God does right it's amazing what he does. So let's, let's move at the next thing. Let's look at the next verse that you all know is one of my favorite passages, Philippians 4, 6 through 8, but we're only gonna look at verse six today and we won't stay there, just listen to it. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So here it is. As we consider this, remember Jesus opened the door, give us today this, the bread that we need, the food that we're looking for, God, the things that we need. Now, we're instructed here in Scripture, and again, we're given an open door to God, and it says don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. So it's like, just say that the, the reports are true, the Russians are gonna bomb the United States of America. Uh, I'm not saying that's true, just making sure you're following me. <laughs> Let's just say for the sake of a thought here. Scripture says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So I'm like, that could happen. You know that could happen, right? China could do it. Mexico could do it. I mean, anybody could do it. Right? It could happen. All right. So God's like, don't worry about anything. Just pray. Just pray about it all. Just everything. Just bring it to me. Hey, God, you know, like, I know you're God. I know you, our kingdom is what it's all about. And I know your will will be done. Therefore, if... The bombs are going to fall. They're going to fall. You okay with that? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what can I do to stop it? What can I do to change it? So I, get, I can worry about everything in the world if I want to, but he tells me don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So I want you to know that when my wife asked me that, she wasn't like worried, like, what are we going to do if that happened? No, she was just like throwing something at me because somebody had said it. She goes, well, what would you do? That's why I answer the way I do. Like, we don't, we don't worry about anything. We're praying about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. So here it is. This is what I'm saying as we look at this. We're praying about everything. But as I look back and I thank God for everything at the same time, I look back and I see that prayer of mine was, don't let me come here to pastor this church, God. Get me out of Tucson. When I prayed that prayer, I meant it. I sincerely begged. I had absolute faith he would redeem me and get me out of here you follow what i'm saying like i was like all in on this prayer there was no messing around i would drop on my knees sobbing and beg him so it's not you follow what i'm saying like now i look back and he's like pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he's done now i look back and i'm like thank you god thank you for not answering that prayer now I come to today and I'm saying things to God. So I'm, God. the word of God is putting us in proper perspective. Remember when Jesus says, not my will, but your kingdom will. Everything about you, God, is what it's all about. It's not about me, my life, my moment, my needs. It's not about that. It's about you. So when I'm praying right now, I'm supposed to let him know everything. But remember what he's done and know that. You may not want him to answer the prayer that you're asking. You may not. It might be the worst thing for you. I could have said no, you know. I could have said no. And God only knows where I'd be today. You, you know, it's, it's like your will be done. Yeah, I surrender. I'm gonna let you know about everything that I need. So I want you to know that God is giving us an invitation to pray about everything. There is nothing out of bounds or too small to talk to God about sometimes we think, um, you know, we don't want to bother God with our little things. I've heard Christian people tell me this. I have. See, I've heard people say it because when we stop right now today, and we think that there's a literal war going on in, in between Russia and Ukraine, there are, you know, like, people dying. There is stuff happening over there that's tragic, right? And so when I look at that reality of that, I can feel like, well, why would I even bother asking about this because really this doesn't matter when that's happening so I don't ask God because I see that as a greater issue and God should be busy with that and not my issue God's told us to pray about everything he's big enough to know what's happening there and to deal with us okay and I also want you to know that God's like uh, I've heard a lot of Christian people tell me I don't pray for myself and I'm like you need to pray for yourself because maybe nobody else is praying for you all right so for real folks we need to pray for ourselves we need to we need to come to the Lord he wants to deal with me and he wants to talk to me about me (laughs) let him God wants to talk to you about you and it's okay for you to talk to him about you so let's do this he says pray about everything he wants to talk to us about everything in our relationship he already knows but he still wants to hear from us He wants that because it builds that relationship that he desires for you and I. So this leads us to a section of verses that um, you may in the moment think this is crazy, it doesn't fit, it does, just go with me for a moment, okay? We're gonna go to the very first miracle of Jesus and John chapter two. When we go to this, um, I've been super excited to, to, to share this with you because God spoke this to me probably two months ago, Put it in my notes like my, I have this little anyway it doesn't matter just put it in there and I'm like yes today's the day I'm so excited not any great revelation just it's so cool to me and what God was showing me and I am excited to share it with you let's listen to it the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration the wine supply ran out during the festivities so Jesus' mother told him They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. I'm just going to pause for a minute in that reading because it is a really interesting story. It really is. When you read that, you're thinking like, this is so weird. Like, you know, in the context of what it is. But let's stop for a minute and see something. Mary saw a problem. It wasn't her problem. But she saw a problem. And the problem that she saw was going to bring embarrassment and humiliation to somebody. And she was like, Jesus, you can stop this from happening. Now, it's not a life-changing issue. Nobody was going to die because they didn't have any more wine, you know, or anything like that. Nothing like that. This is what I love about it. See, when, when Mary comes to him and he's like, you know, this isn't really what it's all about. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but hey guys do whatever he tells you and walks away (laughs) I love it. I do. I think it's so cool because what mary did was she brought the need to jesus She just turned it over And said hey, whatever he tells you just do it. Something's gonna happen Isn't that cool faith? She knew something was gonna happen even if it was such an insignificant thing as just saving someone from having embarrassment All right cool thing is, Jesus does something. See, obedience to what he says is critical in everything. It was not a life and death situation. It wasn't. But see, whatever the situation is, when we bring to Jesus, we have to also remember to give it to him and then do whatever he says. Bring it to him and then do whatever he says. Whatever he says says remember pray about everything so bring it to him but don't just give it to him and say i'm expecting wine i'm going to be sitting at table three over there no he said she's like here it is now do whatever he says see obedience is always critical our response to whatever jesus says has to happen so listen to what we read now as we go on in the scriptures standing nearby were six stone water jars used for jewish ceremonial washing each could hold 20 to 30 gallons jesus told the servants fill the jars with water when the jars had been filled he said now dip some out and take it to the master's ceremonies so the servants followed his instructions i'm gonna pause just pausing for a second and let's let this all sink in right here. There were six water jars for ceremonial cleansing that they had there, 20 to 30 gallons of apiece. They didn't have indoor plumbing. One of the guys didn't just run out and grab a hose and fill them up. Go fill these things up. So now think about this. They're bringing in between 120 and 180 gallons of water by hand, going out, getting it from wherever it was to come in and fill these jars. No small task. So as we contemplate that, think about this. The problem is wine. Jesus' response is, go get water. He doesn't say, hey guys, come here, let's huddle up. I'm going to have you go get water, but don't worry, I'm going to turn it into wine. Nope, none of that's told. No, what's said is, go get water and fill up the water jars, not the wine jars. Go get water and fill the water jars. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? Church, I believe that sometimes God asks us to do things that might seem irrelevant or non-relatable to the real issue. When I'm talking to God about something And I'm like hey God You need to do something about this We've got a serious problem He's like go get some water I mean what do I do When God actually says go get water And I'm like wait a minute We're not talking about the same thing here I've got a problem Go get water Well like do we go get water So I run out And I get one gallon Run back in and dump it in Okay God I got some water Now let's talk about my problem Fill them up <laughs> seriously we'll shoot in the middle 150 gallons i don't care what kind of a fire chain you had going you know of people giving the water 150 gallons of water is in the middle so we're just shooting there you know how long that took how much sweat it was you know do you not think that in their minds they were like what are we doing this for i mean would you have thought that i mean i would have I'd have been thinking, they got water. Why are we doing this? This is ceremonial cleansing jars, anyway. This has nothing to do with this wedding. Why are we doing this? Have you ever said that to God? Why are you asking me to do this? Why, God? Why is this happening? He's like, go get some more. You're not done. (laughs) Okay. So, God, we need wine there's empty wine jars all over the place and jesus says fill the water jars let that sink in for a minute you know god does everything perfect doesn't he no matter how much it doesn't make sense to us and i believe god sometimes asks us to do things like this to build our faith and trust in him i do he's like you're going to carry water for a while because you're going to know that I am God and I'll do what I say when I say how I say and it's going to happen the way I want. So go get some water. Okay. So will you do what God's asking you to do even if it doesn't meet your need? See, that's the heart. Again, you remember how we started this? That's where he's looking. He's like, I'm looking at your heart. I already know. I know what you mean. I am God. I know everything. Now go get water. <laughs> okay, so check it out. I want you to see how cool this is and how amazing God is and what's happening here is, uh, you know, not, again, it's not a new revelation. It's just awesome when you put it in the context. So this was Jesus telling them, now dip some out, take it to the master's ceremony so the servants followed his instructions. Isn't that cool how they did it? Like, they knew it was water. They got it. They put it in water jars. They knew it. And he says, now go take it to the master of ceremonies. That dude's over there waiting for wine, man. You realize that these guys went over to the water and just like, here we go. (laughs) I guess I'm getting fired today. (laughs) Take a sip of this stuff. (laughs) They knew it was water. They had gotten it. But they did what he said. You follow that, church? Like, it's not about my reasoning. It's not about what I think. It's about what God says. My obedience to him, beyond my own understanding of things. So we see this. There was more obedience in spite of what they knew. Now then, we read the scripture. This is what it says. When the master of ceremonies had tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. He's like, stop the party. (laughs) Dude, come here, man. I got to talk to you. This is crazy, right? I mean, I love it. God's so cool. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Oh, wait a minute. The disciples had nothing to do with this. They never brought any water in. You follow that? Okay, so God's doing something through someone else's obedience to something that seems irrelevant to the problem. And of course, God uses it to build faith in others as well as reveals a miracle to those that were involved. Man, God is awesome. Isn't he cool how he's always doing stuff? All God is asking for you and I is to be obedient. (laughs) All right, so there's no way, as I mentioned, one message can do all of prayer. So we're going to wrap this thing up here and move along. I do not know what God is talking to you about. I don't know what he's saying to you right now in your life. I do know you're talking to him. Everybody talks to God. Everybody does. And I know that when we have issues, we always bring them to Him as we should. So I don't know what that is, but I do know this, that God hears from our heart what we're saying. I do know that God knows what we need, and He will provide. What I don't know is maybe, and maybe you don't know, that right now the answer that God is giving you is go get water, and it makes no sense to what you're talking to Him about. please, If God is telling you to go get water, go get water. Don't wait for it to make sense. You don't have to know the answer. You don't have to connect the dots. God is God, and he's way bigger than what we could ever comprehend. Therefore, go get that water and be aggressive about it. Fill those jars to the very top where there's not one more drop that can fit there. You know, like whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it. We have to bring it to him. We have to talk to him. We have to listen. We have to be obedient to him. Waiting for his direction and acting on his direction is critical to you and I in our prayer life to God because God is doing something. He is working in our lives. He is doing stuff that will impact others. You know, I look back in my own life and I see the people that have impacted me. There, the man that preached the message where my wife and I both gave our life to Christ. I will never forget Reverend Irma Wilson, who was the, the leader in a whole denomination of missionaries. So he oversaw a whole denomination's missionary stuff. These two denominations merged. They couldn't have two directors. They only needed one. They did a vote. They tied. Huh. Reverend Irma Wilson just stepped aside and said, hey, you're going to have it. I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do, and I feel like this is what he's asking me to do. He stepped away from his position. He became an evangelist and went preaching around the country. And it was that man who came to a little humble church in Inkster, Michigan, who had once been the leader of a world missions organization, came to a church that had like maybe at best 35 people on Sunday. And it was there in that moment (laughs) that my wife and I found Jesus. And I sit there and I'm like, God, you know, he could have made him have another vote. He could have tried to influence other people to keep that position. He listened. God said, step back. He did. And my life has changed forever because of that decision. Yeah, it was and it is. It is. Now, I sit here today, and I'm like, Lord, I'm so humbled that in the sense of my begging. Now, I don't know if Reverend Irma Wilson was like, please, God, give me that position. Like, I was like, please, God, get me out of here. I'm I'm not bringing him into my my boat, all right? All I know is this, that when I sat there begging God to get me out of here, and when the phone rang, in my prayer, in the Elvernon Doubletree Hotel, And it was somebody in Michigan telling me they had an opening for a church. I had this great desire in my heart saying, thank you, God. You heard my prayer. (laughs) I am going to get out of here, and I have my opening back home where I belong. Thank you, Jesus. No, you know what happened when that happened? And they did. They literally called when I was begging God to get out of here and saying, hey, we really want you to come. Our pastor should have told us he was leaving. He didn't. He just now told us, we want you to come. And I'm like, in my heart, I was like, you know what? I can't talk to you right now. That's not right. I'm here. it had me come. I remember I was trying to get out of here. But I have to surrender and say, God, whatever you want right now. And I said, so as soon as I'm done with this, I will call you. All right, I did say that. (laughs) So as soon as I'm done with this, I'll call you back. So all I was already planning was my escape. Like, (laughs) I can't do it now, but I know he's going to set me free, and we'll be together one of these days soon, right? I mean, that was in my heart. It was. But I wouldn't do it right then because I knew it wasn't right, and that was not integrity, okay? Now I'm saying all this because of how cool God is. Now I look back on that, and I'm like, oh, Lord, man, oh, man. I mean, 17 years ago, I look back at that, and I'm like, man, look at what God has done in my life. I'm not even talking about y'all or this church. I'm saying, like, what God has done in my life has been, like, astounding. (laughs) And I'm like, man, thank you thank you Lord that you give us direction even when it doesn't feel right seem right or what we want because he knows church he knows what we need and he is going to give us what we need and I thank him for that what is God talking to you about right now let's bring it to him let's act in obedience to him it may be that God's telling you to go get water. Then, man, run and get water. Stop debating with him. Stop telling him it's not irrelevant. I mean, stop telling him it's irrelevant to your issue. Just do what God's saying. Right now, the altar's open. We're done. We need to talk to him. This is about what God is saying, not what I want. Are you doing what he said to you already? If you don't know what he's saying, stop and listen, ask him for direction, listen to his direction, and then act on his direction. Father, we love you. We are here before you right now as a congregation. This is a prayer of God. You know us. We are transparent. There's nothing hidden. We're not sliding anything in on you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> surrender all of our stuff for your kingdom, Lord, for your will. Whatever you want, God. miss church I want you to go when you're ready to go be with God be obedient whatever he's saying to you we love you so grateful to be here with you thank you for allowing us to serve him with you together here in Tucson Arizona what an incredible privilege it is that we can serve him together God bless you today thank you for being here